Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner. My friend, today you're going to find out you are God's first pick. God wants to use you to do something magnificent. You say, really? You think I'm God's first pick? I'm going to show you in the Bible today that God is looking to use somebody just like you. It's going to be wonderful. But before we get into the teaching, I want to tell you that if you need prayer, please reach out to us. Give us a call. We're waiting for the telephone to ring right now. And the moment the phone rings, you're going to meet somebody so wonderful on the other end of the line who really knows how to pray. And we will release our faith for Jesus to step into your situation and do something marvelous. Or maybe you want to send an email. And when your email shows up in the inbox, in the same way, we're going to release our faith. And God's really going to hear us. And God is going to answer. But please reach out to us by calling us or sending us an email and let us know how to pray for you. And I want to remind you that right now we're offering you my brand new book called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am about this book and you getting it. When you get it, you'll know why I'm so excited about it. It's fully illustrated and the reason it's called Christmas, the rest of the story, is because we fill in all the blanks, answer all the questions that people are always asking about. Well, what about this? Well, what was that star? What were the names of the wise men? Why was Herod so upset? Why did he kill all of those babies? How old was Jesus when the Magi showed up? We answer all of those questions in this amazing book. Watch this. Christmas is a timeless tradition. But do you really know the true story of that first holy night? In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the stunning details of the nativity story you have never heard. Like, was Joseph really a carpenter? Who were the shepherds keeping watch? How far did the wise men travel and how many actually came? Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, The Rest of the Story invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across nearly 300 decorated pages. The Christmas story is the most important story ever told. It is just miraculous. And with this wonderful, fully illustrated book, you will learn so much and you'll want to share it with others. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. Bound in a landmark large format book, you will create a family tradition that will last for generations. This sweeping portrait of the Christmas story allows readers to reflect on why Jesus came to earth that holy night and ultimately the reason for his birth. Great as a gift or to enhance your own traditions, order this beautiful book today. Christmas, the rest of the story for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Please go online or give us a call to order your copy of Christmas, the rest of the story. And remember that right now we're also offering you the brand new series, which is called Chosen by God. It comes with a study guide and we're also offering you the book by the same name. The foreword is written by my friend, Joyce Meyer. And today we're going to begin with me reading just a little bit from page 284 in this amazing book. It's one of my favorite books that I've written. Listen to this. Perhaps you're the one who once tried to do God's will, but then allowed yourself to become discouraged and defeated. Sometimes that happens. 
You threw in the towel. You let the devil have his way in ruining your dream. You gave up, turned back, and withdrew from doing what you were called to do. If that's you, you're probably disgusted with yourself. You're probably feeling unhappy and very unfulfilled. Well, there's no need for you to remain in that miserable condition for the rest of your life. God is pointing his finger at you today, calling you to do something bigger than your natural talents, bigger than your natural gifts, bigger than your experience, you need to stop living in fear of failure and just say yes, say yes. And that yes will throw open the door to the most adventuresome life you've ever known. You'll forget the doldrums. Your life will take on a whole new flair. It will be so full and so rich that you'll never want to turn back again. Wow. I'm telling you, my friends, this book is really, really encouraging. But today, we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 to see the list of the kinds of people that God delights in using. And when we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, it's quite a list. Now, reach for your Bible, get something to write with, because we use the Bible in this program, and I believe today you're going to want to take really good notes. But let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and begin in verse 26, and I'm reading from the King James Version. And Paul writes, For you see your calling, brethren. Now listen to this. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Notice it doesn't say that they're not called. It just says not many. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Well, there's already a lot in that verse, and we've covered this in the previous two programs, but the RIV of this so far would be like this. For you see your calling, brothers, how that not many of you were especially bright, educated, or enlightened according to the world's standards. Not many of you were impressive or high and mighty in the world's view. Not many came from higher-ranking families or from the upper crust of society. Instead, God selected people who are idiots in the world's view. In fact, the world sees, as, sees them as imbeciles, jerks, real twerps. Yet God is using them to utterly confound those who seem smart in the world's eyes. God has picked out people who are laughable, and through them, He is confounding those who think they are so high and mighty. My friends, that's the RIV, which is Renner's interpretive version of this part of the verse, and it's quite a wonderful interpretation. But today we're going to pick up in the next phrase, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 28, where Paul continues to say, And base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen. Look at this list. My friends, God is not looking for the high and mighty. He's not looking for people that have theological degrees. He's not looking for people who have the name doctor in front of their name. He's not looking for geniuses. He's not looking to Hollywood stars or politicians. God extends his call into the hearts of simple, common people. And that's why I say you are a first pick in the mind of God. If you think you're just common and ordinary, don't put yourself down. That qualifies you. You fit into this list. And in fact, Paul says, base things of the world. 
Well, what does the word base mean? It's the very opposite of the word noble, which is used in verse 26. The word noble is the Greek word eugenes, from the word eu, which means good, wonderful, or swell, and the word genes, which is where we get the word for human genes. When you put those two words together, in the King James Version, it's translated as the word noble, but it really describes those that are born with a streak of genius, those who have really good genes, those who have really royal blood flowing in their vein. They're high-born people. That's the word noble. But now we come to this word, the word base, and it's just the opposite. Rather than be eugenes, it is a genes. The word genes, again, is the word for genes. But when you put an A in front of it, it cancels or it reverses. And here is how I would translate it. It really portrays people of low birth, people who are low born, or those who were born with bad genes. <laughs> and it is the very opposite of those who are born in royalty and prestige. This word, again, is here translated as the word base, refers to people that are low class, second rate, common, average, run of the mill people whom the world normally never pays attention to or recognizes. These are not movie stars, power brokers, bankers, or high-powered bureaucrats or educators. No, 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 no. We're talking about very, very ordinary people whom the world usually perceives as just being commonplace, mediocre, not even really worth considering. Wow. Well, that's the word that Paul uses to describe one category of people that God calls. And that may have been true of them when the call of God first came to them. But after they received the nature of God into their spirits when they were born again, after they were washed in the blood of the Lamb, they became so powerful in the Spirit that God used them to confound the entire world in their generation. And my friends, it doesn't matter how you were born. It doesn't matter which station of life you were born into. Once the blood of Jesus touches you and you become indwelt by the Holy Spirit, you become a dynamic force. Your past is not a picture of your future. Once God comes into your life, everything changes. Wow. But if you've been feeling ordinary and not so special, your ordinariness may be just what qualifies you to be chosen by God. That is amazing. But wait, the rest of the verse says, and base things of the world and things which are despised. What does this word despise mean? Well, it's a really ugly Greek word that means to make light of, to despise, to treat with contempt, to disregard, even to neglect. It pictures someone so low and detestable that people view him as being hideous, disgusting, despicable, and nauseating. The outcast is so low that the world doesn't even think he's worth recognizing. And the force of the Greek is really, really strong. And it indicates the terrible opinion that the world has about people who fit into this category. You know, I remember many, many years ago when Denise and I were still living in Riga and we were just starting our TV ministry to the former Soviet Union. I did an entire series 
about the pool of Bethesda and the man that was healed at the pool of Bethesda and really felt the anointing of God on that series. Well, you can imagine back in those days, there was no Christian programming in the lands of the former Soviet Union. We began to broadcast those programs into people's homes. People were sitting on their couches, laying in their beds, watching those programs, hearing the teaching of the Bible on television for the very first time. But there was a very highbrow journalist living in the city of Riga who watched that program and he hated me. He detested me. He found me to be nauseating. And he wrote a public piece for the newspaper where he called me the Pinocchio preacher. Now, why would he call me the Pinocchio preacher? Because he said the story of the Pool of Bethesda was similar to the story of Pinocchio. It was nothing but just a fairy tale from the Bible. Well, that was all right. I, I could handle that. But one day I got on the plane, and when I took my seat, on the airplane, who do you think sat right across the aisle from me? That journalist and a whole group of journalists. And when he walked onto the plane and saw me sitting there, he literally said out loud, well, look who's with us today, the Pinocchio preacher. And that whole group of journalists began to mock me, deride me, laugh at me. I will never forget that event. That's the opinion of the world about God's people. And that has always been the opinion of the world. And my friend, we have to remember that the world lies in darkness. They haven't seen what we see. They don't know what we know. And the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 5, 19, and we know that we are of God and that the whole world lieth in darkness. That is just a fact. One translation says, and we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in the embrace of the wicked one. And that is true. Paul commented on this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, where he describes the world like this. He says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And my friends, when this verse says that the God of this world has blinded their minds, that word blinded, the Greek word tuflos, it doesn't just describe a person who can't see. It describes a person whose eyes have been removed. His eyes have been gouged out of his head. He doesn't even have eyes to see. And this is why it is so important that we preach the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when sinners hear the gospel, that is is when the Holy Spirit begins to create eyes so that they can see the truth. The Holy Spirit begins to give them ears so that they can hear. If we don't preach, they're never going to have eyes to see. They're never going to have ears to hear. But when we preach, that's when they begin to see. But until they wake up to the Word of God, they don't even have eyes in their head to see. Satan has blinded them. He has gouged their eyes out of their heads. They're walking around with the inability to see and to understand what we see and what we understand. Wow. But the world has always been harsh to God's people. And from the beginning of time, the lost world has ridiculed, made fun of, sarcastically accused, and debased God's church. But there's nothing new about this. We're told in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, that they did the same thing to Jesus. It says he was despised and rejected of men. And my friends, 
He was. He was despised. He was rejected of men. So if you feel that you've been despised, hey, throw your shoulders back and hold your head high. You're in good company with Jesus and all the saints throughout all the ages. And if the world makes light of you, if the world treats you with contempt, if the world disregards you, neglects you, overlooks you, it's time for you to take heart because you're exactly the kind of person God wants to use. And God has big plans to use you as a demonstration of his power to that unbelieving world that is watching. Isn't that amazing? My friends, don't be shocked if people don't appreciate you. But God appreciates you. God has chosen you. And even though you may have said to yourself, well, I'm the least likely to be used, then that's probably means you're the one that God wants to use. You might even say, I'm from a bad family. I'm from the bad side of town. My family has a bad reputation. We've been through such struggles. We haven't had the advantages that other people have had in life. I don't have any education. Who cares? Where does the Bible say God's looking for people with education? And as I've told you in previous programs, I believe in education and you know that I do. But having a diploma does not qualify you to be used by God. There are a lot of smart people that God cannot use because they're so full of themselves. And many times when people are very, very smart and very, very naturally talented and they're called by God, first they've got to be emptied of themselves before God can really begin to release His power through them. So rather than diminish yourself, discredit yourself, and say, you don't qualify, you need to say, you know what? All these strikes against me really might be a strike in my favor because according to these verses, I qualify to be chosen and to be used by God. And I want to read to you again the RIV of these verses, and we're going to add the new pieces. Listen to this. For you see your calling brothers, how not many of you were especially bright, educated, or enlightened according to the world's standards. Not many of you were impressive or high-ranking and mighty in the world's view. Not many came from high-ranking families or from the upper crust of society. Instead, God selected people who are idiots in the world's view. Stop. Now, we know no one's an idiot, but we're talking about the world's view. And this really could be translated as the word idiot because it's a Greek word, moreno. It's where we get the word for morons. And the verse could be interpreted. Hmm. That the world sees them as idiots... In fact, the world sees them as imbeciles, jerks, real twerps, yet God is using them to utterly confound those who seem smart in the world's eyes. God has picked out people who are laughable, and through them, he's confounding those who think they're so high and mighty. I think about David. Goliath mocked him, disdained him, but hey, God used David. But the verse goes on to say, low class, second-rate, common, average, run-of-the-mill people, those so low that the world doesn't even think they're worth the time of the day, these are the ones whom God has chosen. Now, what do you think about the RIV of those verses? Isn't that just amazing? But when I read these verses and really understand what all these words mean, it tells me I'm exactly the kind of guy that God wants to use. You know, I know who I was when I first began. And when I first began, 
I probably wouldn't have chosen me. But God chose me, not because of my gifts, not because of my talent, not because of my education. He chose me because I had a heart to be used. And God extends his call to anyone who has a heart to be used. So rather than complain that you're too feeble or you're too common, it's time for you to raise your hands and shout for joy. Your lack of skill and those things that make you so common inside of other people may be the very thing that makes you a first pick in the mind of God. So rather than say, oh, why would God use me? It's time for you to say, I'm exactly the kind of guy that God is looking for. I'm exactly the kind of girl that God is looking to use. And my friends, by choosing to use just regular folks, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't go to the seminaries of the day to choose his disciples. He chose tax collectors and fishermen. Who would have imagined that he would have chosen them? But by choosing regular folks, God makes sure that when something good happens through me or through you, he is going to get all the glory. And that is why Paul wrote at the very end of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31, According as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. I'll just tell you personally, I know that everything that has happened through me and through Denise is not because of us. Of course, we said yes. Your yes is required. My yes was required but everything that's happened through us is beyond us. It is the grace of God and the power of God that has showed up in our humanity and has worked through us. It is amazing. And nobody is more amazed about that than me and Denise and our family. And we're so thankful that God gave us the ability to say yes. And if God is pointing his finger at you, he is waiting for your Yes. And it doesn't matter what condition you are in now, when his power hits you, he'll make you what you need to be. And he'll do things through you that you could have never done by yourself. And in the end of the day, he'll get all the glory. And I know that that is what you want. I'll be back in just a moment. And I want to pray for you. Rick Renner's new series, Chosen by God, is jam-packed with strength and encouragement to help you wake up to the fact that you are chosen by God and not just for salvation. God has a specific, marvelous, and powerful plan for your life right now. There is nothing more thrilling than to know you are chosen by God and exactly what He brought you into the world to do. In this powerful 15-part series, Rick will prove to you that God has a specific plan designed just for you. While you are experiencing so many hassles along the way, you can overcome any roadblock the devil tries to use to stop you. You have everything you need inside you to bulldoze the powers of hell out of your way. That you are exactly the kind of person God wants to choose and use. This 15-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $24. We're also offering you Rick's 304-page book, Chosen by God, with a foreword by Joyce Meyer. Joyce says, in Chosen by God, Rick clearly establishes that many are called, but few are chosen. But why is this the case? What are the necessary requirements for not only being called, but chosen as well? What is the cost of fulfilling God's call upon your life? Rick gives us all the requirements necessary to say yes and to fulfill our God-given destinies. This dynamic book is just $18. Are you ready for a life adventure? Order the 15-part series, Chosen by God, and the life-changing book, Chosen by God. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. 
is Rick Renner and my friends right now, we're in the very middle of our ministry expansion project. It's three phases. Phase one was building the new studio in Moscow. You helped us do that. Thank you. Phase two was finishing the interior of the studio. You helped us do that. Thank you. Now we're in phase three, which is retiring the debt on the ministry headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our ministry has never had debt. The reason we've been able to do what we've done is because we've never had to service debt. When we built our building in Riga, we did it cash. When we built the building in Moscow, it is amazing that we were able to do it with cash. And now we want to retire the debt on the Tulsa headquarters building so we can liberate all that money to really take the teaching of the Bible around the world. You know, it's never about buildings. It's about having an anchor where the Word of God can go forth. And in that Tulsa facility, we're taking calls from people who are literally calling us from all over the world. And from that facility, we're producing TV programs, social media, we're fulfilling orders for books and giving away thousands and thousands of different resources to people who are reaching out to us because they believe that we provide teaching they can trust. And it's very important that we retire that debt as quick as possible because it will liberate funds for the preaching of the word to the ends of the earth. And that is what we're called to do. And today I want to ask you to please continue to be a part of our giving team so we can retire the debt on the Tulsa building and then we'll be finished with the ministry expansion project. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for becoming a part of the giving team. Wow, we have covered a lot of material today and it's just a little piece of the entire series which is called Chosen by God. It is 15 parts. The subtitle says, God has chosen you, and He has. He's chosen you for a divine assignment. Will you dare to fulfill it? Say yes. Please order this. It will really encourage you. It will help you wake up to what it is that God wants you to do and put you on a track of obedience. And it comes with a great study guide. And we're also offering you right now my book by the same name, Chosen by God. I've been reading little pieces of it the past two weeks. My friends, this book is so encouraging. Sometimes when I'm discouraged, I go and get this book and read parts of it myself. And I know that if it's encouraging me and I wrote it, it's really going to encourage you. So please order yours today. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, and a partner is anyone who regularly financially supports our ministry. I can sit in this chair and I can teach the programming. But hey, my friends, we got to pay for the airtime. We got to pay for the equipment. It takes a lot of money to get this signal to people that are crying out for it. Everyone doesn't have available to them what you have available to you. And our job is to take the teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. And partners help us do that. And thank you so much. But the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you my book, Life in the Combat Zone, and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness, because we always give these two books to everyone who becomes a partner with our ministry. But Father, thank you for giving us the grace to say yes. And Father, I pray that your power will flow through my friend and enable them to do what they could never do by themselves, and that you'll get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow, but remember... 
Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. 